hammer down and push your IndyCar to the limit. Might be one of the most dominating performances we'll see all season long. From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening in the NTT IndyCar Series. Exclusive interviews with drivers, crew chiefs, and team owners discussing the IndyCar storylines that matter to you. Oh my goodness, what an incredible race and what an incredible champion we have on our hands. Wow. This is Brick by Brick. Uh, Welcome everybody, just when you thought it was safe. (laughs) We are back. Here's Julie Jackroot and I'm joined by the other part of two bad boys, A.J. Allmendinger. AJ, how has your week been? I mean, just another another solid week. I <laughs> found myself golfing. Weather's still nice. You know, I could use the wind to die down. Golf's hard enough, and then it gets windy. But, you know, that's uh, first world issues right there right now, Jack. So, other than well, that, it's, it's pretty good. Well, certainly we reach out to all of the people that have been so uh, negatively affected, and that's the only way to put it, by this entire COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, we wish you and yours the very best and beginning to see some changes in the wind based upon individual states. But before we get to that and look, I agree with you, nothing against iRacing. All right. I'm actually actually right now kind of looking at it and saying to myself, you know what, maybe that could feed my need because I'm old and, you know, my dirt midget racing days are somewhat over but I could go play with that. But when the only thing that you, we have to satisfy our need is the plethora of wide racing events, it's kind of like eating 55 gallons of vanilla ice cream. And even if you love it, you long for a little chocolate. Oh, uh, I don't eat ice cream. So well, I'm not really I, sure what you're talking I about. Hope, well, come on. No, you I got you, man. Now I agree. I mean, it, it's, uh, and don't get me wrong. I, I race pretty much every night right now. Uh, but yeah, at some point you just, we're all ready for, for real racing to start. But with that said, what iRacing has been doing to entertain us, to give drivers and non-drivers alike a, a chance to go out there and, and run wheel to wheel, keep your uh, skills sharp. More importantly, get the sponsors out there because that's the key. That's, that's yeah. what feeds this sport is the fans and the sponsors. So to be able to kind of keep both entertained, keep both kind of on television to a certain extent at least, and, and keep the fans entertained and get the sponsors out there. It's helping. So it's helping these teams survive. And, you know, hopefully there's a little light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to racing, getting back going as we see still IndyCar with the set schedule that we've seen over the last couple of weeks starting in June and uh, NASCAR quickly trying to, to develop in, into uh, mid-May here. So hopefully racing gets yeah, back we're- going. We're going to talk a little bit about that on both fronts. Congratulations to Lando Norris and uh, uh, his McLaren IndyCar co-compatriot Pato Award. A one-two sweep. Uh, Formula One ace gets invited to a place where the U.S. Grand Prix is held. Duh. Okay. But we're going to visit with the both of them during the show. There's a new IndyCar team on the horizon. And dare I say it, my friend, until we go back to racing for real, They've entered the IndyCar E-Series and coming up for the Indianapolis 500. Got to come up with a new name for the E-Series. Uh, it's uh, R.C. Anderson, uh, 
who uh, has uh, come up with Top Gun Racing, and uh, they will compete with the car number 99 with Haggerty Insurance on the side. He's an Indy Lights vet, uh, has had several Indy car drives for Dale Coyne over the last few years, and uh, they are uh, going to try and um, satisfy their itch by attempting to qualify for the 33 car field this weekend at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And then we get to what you alluded to. And and this I find fascinating. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper has approved the lifting of the state quarantine that would allow NASCAR to stage the Coca-Cola World 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway on May 24th, providing there are no spectators. In conjunction with that, as you talked about, NASCAR is cobbling together a schedule, and it's a schedule that we have never, ever seen before. And it would kick off in Darlington, again, South Carolina's governor starting to look at things, on May 17th. And if he didn't have enough with that 400-miler, we'll be back on Wednesday, May 20th. And then, of course, the World 600. Now, I get it. They're trying to make it to where they – and they're requiring it. They will be one-day events, no practice. They invoke the Allen Iverson rule, practice. It's just practice and uh, qualify and race on the same day. Now, you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked to uh, our buddy, Eddie Gossage. I think based upon what we're seeing from NASCAR, my friend, we are about to uh, see IndyCar and NASCAR announce the first ever same weekend and quite possibly, my friend, on the same day, a combo affair with Cup and IndyCar at Texas Motor Speedway. What do you think? I I hope so. At this point, we need to do whatever we can to, to make sure we get these races in for the fans, for the sponsors, for everybody that's involved, more than anything, just to survive the sport because yeah. it won't because these sponsors won't be putting the money into it. And as fans, we all won't be able to, to watch it on TV. So hopefully that happens. I just, as you talk about the schedule, two things stand out there. I wondered if they gave the schedule to Matt Kenseth when he came out of retirement now to drive for Chip Ganassi Racing for the 42, if they said, hey, by the way, this is the schedule, or he signed up and then they said, oh, hey, we're going to race eight times in like three weeks, just so you know. Uh, and That's second of all, Jack, question. You, uh, you're just showing your age. It's not the World 600 anymore. I said the Coca-Cola <laughs> World 600. <laughs> the world, yeah, I got you. All right. Hey, listen, yeah, you know. listen, you're, 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 the cabin fever's getting to you. <laughs> Fight me. (laughs) I know you don't like to talk about iRacing. I know you don't like to talk about e-racing, but it's the only thing we got. And I've got a ton of questions. We're going to talk a little iRacing with Kevin Bobbitt, who is the uh, iRacing Director of Marketing, and he joins us. Now, Kevin, first of all, thanks so much, and uh, certainly we hope you've been safe and uh, you and your family are weathering this storm. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, exciting, uh, exciting to be on the show. Yeah, and, and yes, everybody's doing well. We're uh, every, my family's well and healthy. Everybody's home from from school and and college, and I'm working from home just like most people these days. Uh, the entire iRacing office, except for a, a couple of uh, select few that are doing the broadcasts, are uh, all working from home as well. So, uh, so that's been working out uh, pretty well. Uh, certainly, hope to get back to seeing some of <laughs> some of my colleagues soon. Uh, done a lot of Zoom calls these days, as you have, I imagine. Yeah, Kevin. I mean, uh, with this pandemic, is unfortunate it has been, and, and so many people affected. In the iRacing side of it, I mean, it is just booming right now. I mean, we we see 
IndyCar on, on NBCSN, NASCAR's on, on Fox. Uh, they've done some dirt racing. The Wednesday World Outlaws was right on now. CBS. Outlaws. They're, yeah, <laughs> they're doing all kinds of things. So how many subscribers have you gotten since the pandemic started? Because I remember used to being on a server midday or even late afternoon into the night, and you'd see three, 4,000 people on. And right now, the, the least amount I see during a day is 12,000, 15,000 <laughs> people on so how big has iRacing grown since this all started yeah it, it it's uh a, a lot <laughs> that, that's the thing so i tell people uh so so we launched our product back in 2008 i, I think you've been around since then on on the service aj uh and uh we uh, in december we crossed a milestone of 100,000 active subscribers and we were pretty excited about it so it took a while to get there but that was a big number for us and uh we are over 160,000 active subscribers now uh, in April. So that's pretty tremendous growth in just a few months, <laughs> for sure. You know, lots of things contribute to that, right? Obviously, everybody's locked at home, uh, looking for things to do. Uh, a lot more exposure, right? You, you guys mentioned just uh, some of the races that have been on, on television, right? Not just streams, but actual TV, right? So lots of people are getting exposed to it. Um, and obviously our products come a long way since we first launched. You, you probably remember that we had a, you know, a couple of tracks and a couple of cars, um, and we've come a long way and, you know, now we've got 90 cars, 90 tracks, something like that, all types of racing, you know, everything from, from, uh, you know, dirt ovals to NASCAR, sports cars, IndyCar, everything. And, and, you know, back in originally we had a couple of forms of racing and that was it. So lots of things have come together. Um, our service is, is sort of built for self-isolation, right? I mean, and it sounds a little bit weird, but but when you race on iRacing, even though it's a, a community-based thing, you do it by yourself in your home. And that's what we've always done. So it kind of just worked out uh, pretty well for us. Yes, yeah. I have lost many a days because of your service, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> I Rumor has it, uh, uh, Kevin, that Mr. Tickles several times was extremely upset and left a little something in the corner for AJ because <laughs> he hadn't paid attention to him. Uh, listen, I, I would be remiss if I didn't give the shout out too that this expands all the way down to the short tracks of America tonight. Uh, my home track, Stafford Motor Speedway, utilizing ARCA cars are going to take some of the top drivers from NASCAR and pit them against the locals. So this thing is ever evolving, ever expanding. But I'm a guy that grew up thinking that there were burglars under the bed. Okay. I'm a black, <laughs> I, I, I'm a black helicopter type guy. Uh, can you assure me that there's nobody from the outside that is, is, uh, you know, because we have some real geniuses in NASCAR F1 and all the platforms, including IndyCar that are now not just hip deep in it. They're up there and their necks in it and idle engineers how can you assure us that they're not manipulating the iRacing platform to their individual advantage? <laughs> well, I, I can assure you they're not, but I can also tell you that engineers are involved. So <laughs> not only are drivers kind of looking for things to do, but the whole team needs things to do, right? So we, in the NASCAR series, in the IndyCar series, there are spotters, there are engineers, they're developing setups, they're, they're working with drivers, they're, they're figuring out race strategy. Um, manufacturers are involved. These guys are taking it seriously. In, in the IMSA race, I know that BMW and Porsche both have uh, factory support for, for their drivers. It's not just factory drivers, but they're, they're, there's people calling strategy. And I think that's, uh, that's pretty cool that all the different aspects are covered, not just the driving. 
No, I'm I'm going to say there's there's some cheating going on. That's the only reason I'm getting smoked so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But you I mean, sound like a real racer. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's definitely not me. Can't be you, right? Can't there's got somebody's got to be cheating. But uh, <laughs> I mean, with that said, I mean, where where does iRacing go with the popularity that has grown, and hopefully soon we get back to to real racing? So, how, with the growth that iRacing has had in such a short amount of time over the last few months extended growth because it's grown since 2008 but over the last couple of months it's just boom so where does it go once we we get back to hopefully somewhat real life yeah well that's a great question i mean obviously everybody here at iRacing hopes and uh, prays that we get back to to real racing we're all race fans first that's why we do this right we we simulate what we want to be doing in the real world Uh, and without real racing there is nothing to simulate so we're hopeful and i know we'll get there when I, I don't know, uh, but where does that put iRacing? Um, then that's the question that's you know, to be determined. I would imagine that it's somewhere between where we were and where we are now, right? Uh, it, it's not realistic to think that we'll continue to be the only thing on television uh, forever, right? NASCAR's coming back, IndyCar's coming back uh, on various schedules and some to be determined. Um, but the response from the drivers, from the series, and from the fans has been. They've really enjoyed it. It's it's a different perspective, right? People can connect with drivers differently. We have instead of in-car cameras, we have kind of in-living room cameras, and people can see what drivers are doing. Right. They can see their dog running around. I don't know if you saw the the NASCAR race last weekend. Denny Hamlin's daughter turned his television <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, that we couldn't have scripted that. That's that was funny stuff. But that's I think that helps fans connect with drivers, right? Uh, drivers are. We normally only see them in a fire suit jumping in the race car and they sign a couple autographs and they're running around doing all their things. But to see that they're real people, just like you and me, they, they have families, they have, you know, some of them are talking about how they're, you know, doing the homeschooling with their kids. They have all the same problems that, and issues that we have. They just happen to have a, a pretty cool job on the weekend. Uh, and I think that really uh, comes across well with iRacing broadcast because uh, you just can't get that sort of access. Can you imagine putting a, a camera, a, a webcam in your race car as you're racing around, you know, Indianapolis Motor Speedway and, and trying to actually talk and have expressions and, and, and do, it's just not possible. So I think we'll continue things like that. Um, the racing has been good. The feedback from the drivers has been good that they really enjoy it. Obviously, a lot of drivers have already used iRacing in the past. But a lot of them just signed up as well, right? They said, hey, wh- what is this thing? Uh, I've been hearing about everybody else in the paddock doing it. I've never gotten around to it, didn't have time, whatever. Now they've gotten into it. They seem to really enjoy it. Uh, so I, I suspect we'll, we'll see uh, many more races to come when we get back to normal. Kevin, we appreciate you taking a little time. Glad that you and your family are safe, enjoying the racing. But as I said before, even if you love vanilla ice cream after 55 gallons of it, you do long for a little chocolate now and again. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I, I, will, I will tell you, I, I, you know, tried to talk my wife into, for Father's Day, getting me a sim rig and getting me set up, and I showed her a $59,000 sim rig. And well, what, that, why would you do that? that, that like, why would you go flat. to the $59,000 yeah, rig? That, that sounds I, like the wrong approach to me. That's yeah, terrible. Well, right. well, but my point is for people – Given given a, a a reasonable dollar amount for them if they wanted to go i racing we don't need the the bells and whistles but the sim rig the computer 
everything else. It, it is an affordable option for people, right? Yeah, I mean, most people have a PC that would probably work. Uh, internet, you need high-speed internet. Uh, mm -hmm. We all have that. We're connecting on, on Zoom here. Um, you need a controller. Um, most of our members use a wheel and pedal set that clamps to their computer desk. What does that cost? Three, four hundred dollars, something like that. Yeah, for... I see that with Timmy Hill. Yeah, yeah, I Timmy Hill with... won a NASCAR race, <laughs> and right? I see it with Connor Daly. I get right. it. So that's what most of our members use. So, you know, you're, you know, a PC. If you didn't have one, you're probably talking eight hundred to a thousand dollars to get into a PC. Three, four hundred for a wheel and pedal, and and off you go. If you want to be Denny Hamlin and and put seventy five thousand dollars into a motion rig, by all means, you know, I, I'm. I'm with you though. I don't think my wife would, would approve yeah, that I purchase. I, so I got to go, I, I got to go rethink it. Yeah. You would think Listen. for $75,000, he would have put a button that just doesn't shut everything off. Yeah. Right. I think that the, the easy fix is a piece of black tape over the IR sensor. Right. So, there you uh, go. <laughs> Hey Kevin, we enjoyed it. And uh, I'm going to go back and revisit and rethink my whole father's day strategy. Okay. All right. Well shoot me a note. I'll, I'll give you some recommendations <laughs> on, on how to phrase that with your, with your significant other. Kevin Bobbitt, the iRacing Director of Marketing. Coming up next, it's a one-two combo. They finish first and second. Uh, Lando Norris will join us along with his IndyCar teammate, Pato Award, from Aero McLaren SP and from Formula One McLaren. But this just in, we've got a little bit more definition, my friend, for what NASCAR is going to be doing. Sunday, May 17th, Cup will be racing in Darlington. On Tuesday, May 19th, Xfinity will race at Darlington. On Saturday, May 23rd, ARCA will race at, at Charlotte Motor Speedway. On the 24th, it's Cup at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, Monday, May 25th, Xfinity at Charlotte. Tuesday, May 26th, Trucks at Charlotte. Wednesday, May 27th, Cup returns to Charlotte Motor Speedway. Just reading the schedule, my friend. I'm having that ice cream overload. I was going to say, hey, well, there we go. <laughs> you want real racing back? It's back every day. <laughs> Up next, right here on Brick by Brick, we will continue and visit with the latest e-racing one-two punch from the Circuit of Americas. Coming up next. A one-two punch on Saturday. Pato, don't give them too much information, okay? <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm a team player, man. I like to help. You're, well, you know what happens to team players, don't you? They become the first losers. Man, Man. he's doing so Gosh. much stuff today. What's wrong with you? I mean, I, the, guys, this is what I have to put up with every week on the show. It's just a little worse today. This is Brick by Brick with A.J. Allmendinger and Jack Aroot. The Ock and Barack Show. It's either make the big fights happen, fighters take less money, or stand their ground and wait till we get to a point where their audiences. That might not happen for another year. The big fighters like AJ, like Canelo, all of these big names, are they willing to wait a year without fighting? Can the networks deal with that? Can the promoters deal with that? And eventually it's going to come down to the point where you either take it or you leave it. There's no more money for you to get. The Ock and Barack Show, weekdays from noon till 3 Eastern, only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Winning just one Indy 500 is an elusive accomplishment that changes a driver's life. Winning more than one, well, let's just say it elevates you. So imagine the rarefied air occupied by just three drivers who throughout the 100-plus year history of the greatest spectacle in racing have won it four times. Well, we're going back to May 26, 1991, when a third four-time 500 champion was crowned. Third four-time winner of the Indianapolis 500. 
let's go back and take a look. You know, I was just running whatever pace I kind of needed to at the time to get to the next stop to make changes. Rick Mears right now is doing what he does best. And Michael was starting to close in. I was keeping track of him, you know, the, the split between us. He still thinks to this day he had me, but he didn't. <laughs> As you watch Mears and Michael, two fine drivers today. At the front of the field is Rick Mears, but the yellow flag comes out. It was close, but he'd had his work cut out for me to, to actually put me a lap down. I think we hadn't had that yellow. It could have been interesting, though. We started with 33 cars. Only a third of the field is left. I'd been driving with my left foot for the throttle because I'd fractured some bones in my foot when I had the problem in practice. So at the beginning of the race, it felt like somebody was sticking hot knives in the side of my right Ooh. foot. The only way it wouldn't hurt was if I'd lift. And I thought, well, you know, obviously you can't do that. So I finally figured out if I put my left foot on top of my right foot and push down with my left foot, then I could pull backward, relax my right leg and take the pressure off my right foot and the pain would subside a little bit. So I drove basically the whole race with my left foot. I come down that restart with Michael and he was behind me. At that point, I switched back to right foot throttle. Now it's go time, and you can't make any mistakes, so I had to go back to what I knew for sure. And the adrenaline's gone, the pain goes away, kind of forget about it at that point. You can see the flag just ahead of him now. It changes your life, and it, and it goes on throughout your lifetime. It's, it's something you always have. And Rick Mears has accomplished what only two men have before. He is now a four-time winner of the 500. From the green flag to the checkered flag, we're discussing the hottest topics from the NTT IndyCar Series. This is Brick by Brick. Back with AJ Allmendinger, I'm Jack Root here on Brick by Brick. And by the way, if you miss any of our show, they live. They live after the show right here, either on SiriusXM app, just search for Brick by Brick. And then, of course, on Pandora in the podcast section. And this is a first for us, AJ. Uh, we're going to add two at the very same time utilizing our technology. One from England in the UK, and the other, I believe, Pato Award is joining us from Indianapolis. Am I correct, Pato? Oh, Texas. Texas. So <laughs> yeah. we got Texas, and then, of course, we got Lando Norris in the UK. Both of you, uh, welcome to the show. A one-two punch on Saturday. But before we get to that, Lando, I want to know, what have you been doing to occupy your time with uh, the fact that there isn't a hell of a lot to do except in the virtual world. Well, pretty much just that, to be honest. A lot of it's been just in the virtual world, spending time on my on my simulator. Like you said, there's not a lot of things we can do. So for me, I mean, I love driving on my simulator, so it's not like I have to do it and I, I feel it like it, a job or anything like that. I love to do it, so I do it anyway. It's just that it's a bonus at the same time. We have a lot of competitions. It's televised and, and everything. So it's like a, a win-win in some ways. But at the same time, I still got to do my, my more work-focused stuff in terms of the, the interviews, training, making sure I'm, I'm physically staying up to, to shape, um, ready to, to go when the season does start again. So, Pato, in your particular case, this was supposed to be the breakout year for you. And uh, now they put the anchor out. And now you've got to just knock around the house and try and find stuff to do. Uh, how's that going for you? I do not know what else to do. Like first, when the first week I was like, oh, you know, I, I think I can do this and I can find uh, what to do now and this and that. Now I have officially run out of things to do at home that I didn't even know existed. Like I really do not know what to do 
anymore. So <laughs> just like Lando said, I'm trying to stay as fit as possible. Um, honestly, I'm fitting in even uh, twice a day because there is absolutely nothing to do. So that usually keeps me busy and out of my refrigerator because um, if anybody has ever seen me eat in person, they can they can definitely agree that if I'm not working out and especially now in quarantine, I would turn into a gigantic like, oh no, it would not be good. I wouldn't fit in the cockpit. So I'm just trying not to eat as much and trying to stay fit. <laughs> I mean, that's the question for the both of you, really. I mean, is it hard to stay motivated? We know at some point the seasons are going to start, but is it hard for, for the both of you to stay motivated every day, wake up, stay in the same routine, keep working out, and not kind of just get lulled down by really just having Groundhog Day every day where it just seems like each day is the same thing over and over again? In some ways you do because everything's just so repetitive every single day. There's not, you know, there's not many things you can do to explore in terms of like what I got at my house. I don't have that much. I got my simulator and a little garden to, to do some exercises in. But at the same time, hearing more, well, for, for us anyway, more news about the season kind of starting again um, in a couple of months. Then, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, you know, of course, sometimes I've gone, Maybe I've had a pizza one originally. I would never have had a pizza or a burger <laughs> or something. something nice, you know, just because you're like, ah, I got, I got three months off. I can, I can have something I, I'm not normally allowed to have. But then, um, I think now the talks are kind of getting more back into right. We're looking at, although it's still two months away, things are starting to to be put together. Plans are starting to get uh, put put in place, and um, that kind of yeah, the the repetitiveness of of every day is kind of being forgotten as we start to think about the, the future more than what's just going on every day. So the inspiration of kind of getting back even fitter again and making sure I'm in a, a good place to start the season overrides the repetitiveness of day-to-day -day stuff. Lando Norris and Pato Award join us here on Brick by Brick. And Lando, uh, July seems to be the target date for F1. Yeah. So the natural follow-up question would be, should IndyCar start before that July date for F1. Is there any plans in the works for you to come stateside and possibly join Pato as part of the Aero McLaren team for a couple of one-off opportunities? I mean, I would love to. I honestly, I don't think um, it's the, I mean, I, I think it's a good thing. It'll be a good thing for me to do in some ways, you know, to get back in into the the habit of racing and get used to driving a car again because we're not going to have any testing before we go straight into the first race so if i could get some seat time in then i think that would still be very beneficial for me but um yeah i don't know we'll have to wait and see um if i do get an opportunity to go and test something then i probably will i don't know what we're allowed to do currently what we're not really allowed to do and and so on so i think we still have to wait until we get closer to the time until things are actually confirmed because things can can still change, even though people are saying there's more of a, more of a of a plan in place. So, I wouldn't mind driving an IndyCar. I guess I can say that I wouldn't mind coming and driving some tracks out in the out in the states. Every time I've gone out, I've I've really enjoyed it, and it's been a, a good time. So, I mean, I would be up for it. But uh, in the end of the day, it's not completely up to me, and um, plans are probably uh, still likely to change.
So, Pato, what do you think? A three-car juggernaut. He already smoked you in the virtual world. Do you want to see Lando join you and the Arrow McLaren team? I would love for Lando to join. Um, I thought it would be, I think, I think it would be great. He's driven many cars, so I feel like an IndyCar would be a great addition to his to-do list or, or to the cars that he's already driven. And uh, it will be nice to see if I am actually one and a half seconds off of someone in the same car. Because, <laughs> oh, my God. I am not the best in the sim, but I'm getting better. Well, that wasn't bad. Second place, although First Lando La- Lando spun on purpose just to make it somewhat interesting. But <laughs> I saw him spinning, and I told my I told my guys, and I said, "No, guys, don't don't sing victory yet because there is no way that he's not going to come back." <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you talk about all the cars that he's driven. Last year, you had a a bit of a crazy year. You did some IndyCar races. Uh, you did GP two. It seemed like whenever I saw you on Twitter, you're racing some sort of different open wheel car. So how difficult was that last year? Not really having a home to go to and how has it prepared you going into this year? Uh, hopefully when we start in June, it was really hard. Um, honestly, I, I got uh, thrown into like a, like a swamp or lagoon with a bunch of crocodiles. And it's like, okay, survive. And especially with a, with a car like, the Formula 2 car, I had never ever driven that tire or the car or the circuit or not even done any simulator with it. Um, and I arrived to first practice and it's like, okay, you have one practice. And it's just tough, man. And I feel like, um, you know, if you ask anybody that's done that series, like, uh, like Lando, I think everybody would tell you that it takes time to learn the tire. It takes time to know things about a race car. Like not, it doesn't have to be that F2 with that tire. Like it, it can be any other car, but specifically that, uh, that car with that tire is, is quite different uh, to any other car that I've ever driven uh, just because of the way the tire is, is likes to be driven. Uh, so that was very difficult, but I feel like throughout the weekend, I I learned a lot and um, I made some huge steps, but those steps were in the race. So like, um, you know, from race one, I had to learn to race two. Uh, so race two was way better, but I was starting way, way back. So, you know, just things that, uh, that I had to go through because I didn't really have a, a choice. Um, and then I get shipped up to Japan and uh, getting to the super formula car it's a quick car man what a quick car it's a really really cool car um i think i adapted to that car quite a bit easier than the formula 2 car just because it was um just more normal to what i was used to um and every weekend there was an improvement but i mean the first weekend was drenching treacherous rain the second weekend was dry and then the other weekend, one practice, something happened. So, I mean, it was just like a bunch of things where I was just getting like shot out of a cannon. And it was like, man, am I, am I going to get a break to get like a decent weekend where I actually get some good running in? Um, but the last weekend that I got to do was in Okayama. And, uh, and I think we ended uh, sixth. So um, I think I, I massively improved. 
but you know, you just, you're not going to arrive somewhere where you have no, absolute no idea what the car is going to be like. The team is going to be like, the tire is going to be like how the car likes this with this softer setup, stiffer setup, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like a dark room to just, you know, be in and just try and, and, and hit the target. Um, but I think, you know, towards the end, there was, there was some definitely, um, pretty strong results considering the amount of time I'd, I'd had in the car. Um, but I think it just opened my eyes and really helped me um, kind of enlarge in my, uh, my driver toolbox in, in cars that I've driven and just to get more, more things under my belt. I think at the end of the day, it's just only going to help me. Uh, but obviously, you know, when people just look at the results of, ah, no, they didn't do too well. But if you compare me to everybody that's done it before, or just got shipped there um, with no testing, no nothing, um, I beat everybody. So that was what I was based off of. And I was pretty happy about that. Pretty proud of myself. Those are the thoughts of Pato Award. I want to direct this question first to Lando Norris. Uh, you know, F1, as we said, is where your bread and butter is, Lando. But in the meantime, uh, you, as I said, you smoked the competition in the virtual world. Up next, the finale for this uh, iRacing uh, e-IndyCar uh, series is, is, is at the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, I think every driver entertains the dream and puts on their bucket list the opportunity to compete. Will you be competing this weekend in the virtual world to try and gain one of those 33 starting spots? I shall be. Um, I will be, uh, yeah, joining the Indy Grid for the for the first time. I mean, in Indianapolis, which is obviously a dream for a lot of people. Um, one is to you know maybe drive in Formula One or drive Monaco or drive an mm -hmm. Indy car, um, and one of them is to to do the Indy 500. And this isn't the Indy 500, but it's. I mean, it's very close to it. It's still driving Indianapolis in the Oval, and uh, driving against all of the Indy car drivers. So, it's. Um, it's going to be cool, and it's it always. I watch it every year, um, for the last four, five, six years. Once I kind of really started to know about it, um, and I think it's an awesome event. So to be able to now join it, although it's still virtual, it's um, it's still an awesome event. And I've watched it the past couple of years on on iRacing. So it's uh, it has been as of late, and um, going into the future, something I I do want to do. Um, and actually be able to drive it for, for real one day. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that's, although it's virtually, that I'm, I'm going to be joining the grid and getting to, to compete on, on an oval race for the first time. Yeah, it's one thing. Uh, you certainly had a familiarity in the real world with Coda, yeah. but it's another thing. So who are your go-to guys as you engage in preparation and hit the sim uh, getting ready for this uh, Indy 500 uh, E-World? Uh, well, I guess the first guys to go to are, are my teammates, so Pata, Wally, and Robbie. You know, they've driven some ovals. They're still not, you know, solely classed ovals. It's not like NASCAR drivers, say, who do 99% ovals with, with a little bit of road course. I think it's, I don't know what the split is for, for road course versus oval races and IndyCar, but, you know, they still have very good experience on, on both of them. So, um, yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good fun. I think obviously my guys and the team are the guys I'll turn to first. But uh, if there's only any other people from my racing, um, or even people like Gilles de Ferran, people who uh, you know have been there in real life and kind of know the the tips and tricks, which will probably also relate back to the to the simulator. 
Hey, guys, it's been a real treat. Good luck this weekend uh, in that virtual Indianapolis Motor Speedway world. And, uh, Pato, don't give them too much information, okay? <laughs> Uh, I'm just I'm a team player, man. I like to help. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what happens to team players, don't you? They become the first losers. Man, man. he's throwing so Gosh. much stuff today. What's wrong with you? I mean, I, th guys, this is what I have to put up with every week on the show. It's just a little worse today, but yeah. Hey, guys, thank you. Be safe. Good luck. And uh, we really do appreciate your visiting with us. Yeah, tell your friends I'm the nice one. Yeah. All right. We continue here with Brick by Brick right after this. This is Brick by Brick with A.J. Allmendinger and Jack Aroot. Coming up next. Pleased to be joined by the president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Doug Bowles. Hopefully we can get some real race cars on track here soon. We, we are feeling encouraged, like there's some light at the end of the tunnel. A lot of that's still unknown, so we're, we're out trying to fight windmills a little bit. But I think mm -hmm. um, over the next few weeks it should clear up and... We're just excited to think that uh, we could be on track here soon. We're hitting the brakes, but we'll be back on track after this. Soccer is a passion that goes beyond the sport. And Sirius XMFC's podcast, More Than a Game, brings that passion to you. Can you believe it? In each episode, FC's panel of experts take a deep dive into club histories, iconic grounds, Anfield has erupted, bitter rivalries, and so much more. There's nothing like a Derby Day in Manchester. New episodes are available weekly by downloading the Pandora app and searching More Than a Game. Welcome back to the only weekly NTT IndyCar Series talk show on Sirius XM. This is Brick by Brick. Right back with you here on Brick by Brick. Hope you're enjoying the show. And uh, we are really pleased to be joined by the president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Doug Bowles, who uh, we have visited with prior. Doug, first of all, uh, how are you? How's uh, Beth and the family? And uh, most importantly, uh, are you are we are we making any any headway in terms of finally maybe forsaking the virtual world and starting to see some IndyCar racing for real? Well, thanks for asking. I know everybody's fine. Beth's good, and uh, we're uh, you know hunkered down at home. I do get out to the track uh, a couple times a week at least, and Roger's been trying to come in on Saturdays, so meeting him on Saturdays and all of us in separate golf carts so we can socially distance and keep up on the work that's going on there. But uh, no, hopefully we can get some real race cars on track here soon. We, we are feeling encouraged, like there's some light at the end of the tunnel as states begin to open up. And one of the things that we're really working on internally here is making sure that we have safeguards in place that um, uh, folks are comfortable with from just a regulatory standpoint, but as much as anything that folks are comfortable with in terms of guests when they come to the Speedway. A lot of that's still unknown, so we're we're out trying to fight windmills a little bit, but I think mm. um, over the next few weeks it should clear up and we're just excited to think that uh, we could be on track here soon. Yeah, Doug, I mean, you speak about that with the fans and what are the challenges right now trying to move forward as we, you know, you talk about the NASCAR races, you have the IndyCar race in Texas right now talking about they're not sure if there's going to be fans or not. So how you go about promoting all the races that you have now, not knowing if there are going to be fans allowed or not? Yeah, that's the challenge, right, is we don't know, and we haven't really been given any definitive direction on, uh, you know, as these different phases, the White House came out with their three phases, we're hearing that our state may come out with a few more than three phases as we transition back. So not really knowing what's going to be required inside of each of those, we're guessing a little bit. 
Um, you know, our focus really is on the Brickyard weekend and being able to have customers as part of that. For us, we really think that event needs to, you know, needs to incorporate fans. And we feel like a July 4th weekend hopefully um, works for NASCAR and for our state. Again, though, we don't know. And I don't think we're really going to know for sure for the next, uh, at least the next few days. Our governor has another, uh, another conversation on where he wants to go related to May 1 and beyond this Friday. So we're looking forward to that. Um, but we're focused on Brickyard, uh, the Big Machine Vodka Weekend, um, and then, you know, obviously the doubleheader with IndyCar and Xfinity on that Saturday. And we really, really believe that's one that we want to have fans. So we're working on that. We do have an SVRA vintage race scheduled for June. Right now, it's still on the schedule, but I would say that that's almost uh, almost uh, for certain that it would be without without spectators. It's the unknown that I think we we now are having to embrace, and it's as I've said for so long. It's we have an abundance of knowledge. That abundance of knowledge is what we don't know, and nobody can project what the what the the new normal will be. But you've got a pretty good team led by Roger Penske, the captain. Um, what, what's been your takeaway in terms of of, of his input in staying proactive and creative? Well, the biggest takeaway for me with Roger is just his attitude. Now, mm -hmm. there doesn't seem to be anything that uh, defeats him. And in fact, uh, the bigger the challenge, it seems at some level, the more energized he is to figure out a way to, um, you know, work through it. So that's, that's encouraging for all of us as employees and his staff, you know, to see that you've got a leader who's got that, that positive attitude. Because in this day and age, it'd be really easy to do the woe is me and, and go the opposite direction, but it's certainly not in his DNA. And I think that's filtered down through the rest of the organization and given us some, some encouragement. And really from the beginning, even back to when we were at St. Pete, as things were really developing quickly in St. Pete, you know, he said all along, you know, we really have to figure out a way to make sure that the Indianapolis 500 works. And that's why we didn't announce right away, on the 500 side that we were going to postpone it because we didn't know enough information. And his attitude was let's, let's wait and see what this looks like before we make a crazy decision. And then as we realized that we needed to move, you know, he, he, he wants to make sure that we're putting it in a place that we can, we can get it in. So his just attitude is really what's, what's driven us and kept us going the right direction. I think. Doug, I've always felt like, I mean, I've had the pleasure of racing at IMS several times uh, you know, my dream come true racing for Roger Penske at the Indianapolis 500 in 2013. And we've spoke every time I'm there. And I've always felt like as, as IMS president, uh, really as any president of any racetrack, you're one of the best out there when it comes to interacting with fans, promoting the racetrack, and more than anything, just showing your love of, of Indianapolis and what it means to you and your family with interacting fans and, and everything that you do. I mean, what pleasure do you take away from that? Well, it's funny you touch on that because, you know, my, I view my job, especially in event time as not sitting in a suite, but going out and talking to the fans and understanding what their experience is like. I started as a fan, obviously, like many of us in our sport did, uh, but you can't solve their problems or understand their experience sitting in a suite or sitting in an office building in, in at 16th and Georgetown. So for me, event weekends are as much about walking around and interacting with fans and solving problems alongside them or a staff that are having problems helping work through those and it's that real close interaction with a customer. So for me, my biggest worry about what happens with the social distancing is just the ability to really, um, you know, get to know a fan uh, up close and personal and understand their experience. And, and so much of it for me is, is that really close interaction with, with our customers. And I don't know what the world's going to be like when we come back. How, how do we, you know, how, how do we work through that? And, and, 
I've felt like my job as president, part of it was to give the Speedway um, a human face so that people felt like there's somebody to go to when they have an issue or to tell the story of why they fell in love with it. And, and that's my biggest fear is how's, how is that relationship with the customer going to change uh, because of the way we're going to have to operate going forward? Listen, nobody does it better than, than you, Doug, and your family, uh, as you've alluded to, uh, they're, they're, they're totally integrated and interwoven into that, that place at 16th and Georgetown Road. So my question is, we go to virtual Indianapolis Motor Speedway this weekend for the finale in the IndyCar Invitational Series. Will there be a little animated Doug Bowles interacting with the fans? And, you know, I, I mean, how you need to insert yourself into it somehow. You know, I've enjoyed just sort of watching it from a distance and, and uh, really transparently, um, I probably was on the other side of the fence in terms of voting for a track for sort of the last event. I was hoping for a Talladega or a Spa or a Daytona, uh -huh. someplace where the IndyCars don't run because it would have been fun to see see the IndyCar guys get a chance on one of those iconic tracks as well. And, and uh, so, no, I'll, I'll enjoy, uh, enjoy it like the rest of the fans do. I typically sit with um, Beth and our youngest, Carter, and we watch it on TV, and then we flip on on Connor's Twitch so we can watch the craziness. That goes Which is on priceless. Yeah. It is, I, I, I recommend it to everybody. <laughs> it, it is actually uh, relatively fun. And, you know, he and Rossi and, and Colton, uh, the three of them just listen to the way they interact and, and Ed's on there sometimes with them. Uh, it just uh, makes it a little bit more fun. So just trying to, trying to enjoy it like a fan. So I don't think you'll see, you'll see a mini me walking around out there um, in this, in this one. And it'll be a lot of fun to see it, but, but, uh, Part of me will be a little, it's going to be a, a little weird, right? And I'm sure that, uh, you know, Barber, uh, when they ran at Barber, you know, they're running at racetracks where they should be running. It's going to feel really weird having a race on TV at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but not really. Welcome to the new normal, at least it's cra it's crazy temporarily. Sure. Doug, we always appreciate it. Uh, our best wishes and uh, stay safe and uh, let everybody know out there that, uh, you know, we, we are chomping at the bit like they are. Well, there's us. no... There, there's nobody chomping at the bit more than Roger Penske. So he cannot Amen. wait to uh, open the <laughs> gates up and bring fans in. And we're working our tails off to make sure uh, that the place, uh, all the investments that he's wanting to make for this year get completed. And that's why he tries to scoot down uh, every week uh, just to check in. But the place is, uh, is looking really good and, and he absolutely can't wait. And uh, we're probably somewhere right on his heels in terms of the excitement level of getting fans back in the speedway. So hey. hopefully that'll happen in July and then certainly in August. Hey, I, I like the fact that you snuck out there and you took care of the dirt track as well. God only yeah. knows where all those <laughs> rocks came from. It's crazy. I was out there uh, two days ago, just walking around and just the number of rocks that come to, you know, it makes you start thinking about your college science class and frost heave and how that works. And, uh, it's but uh, just walking around that place when you're sort of by yourself, it's a pretty magical moment. And you know the history uh, that's taken place at the Speedway. There's there's no better place in the world than the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I wish I could take everybody with me, and that's why I post a lot of the photos I do. Be well, my friend. All right, you Thank too. You take dog. care. Yeah. Thank you guys. We've run out of time, but uh, that'll put a ribbon on things for this week. Don't forget, coming up next, the 1991 Indy 500 that put Rick Mears into that very elite four-time champion of the greatest spectacle in racing that's coming your way next appreciate your visiting with us and uh sorry that i was so salty man that's why we love you, you, you we have to deal with it every now and then but you know just as always keep everybody on the front line every day in our thoughts and prayers everybody that's affected by this and hopefully 
with everything that's being announced, it means we're just one week closer to, to going back to full-time and, and real racing. Series XM's director of sports programming is Andy King. The producer of this and IndyCar Classics is Nate Lee. For A.J. Almendinger, I'm Jack Aroot. Don't go anywhere. Up next, IndyCar Classics, and we will see you again next week. <laughs>